We thank God for the privilege we have to come here tonight. As I say, it's by divine appointment. And I've been in the dilemma here to try and decide uh, either 2 Corinthians or 2 Chronicles. We're going to go with 2 Chronicles. If you would, turn your Bible to 2 Chronicles. In 2001, at a mission conference at at Bible Baptist Church in Ashtabula, Ohio, my family and I surrendered to uh, go to Germany to preach the gospel, to witness and to sing, and to, and to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. My family sings, by the way, this is a little commercial. I have some CDs and tapes out there if anybody's interested. Uh, usually one of the kids takes care of that, but my, my wife said we're going to have a baby. She's uncomfortable now and getting close, so we didn't, I didn't bring her with me. And the kids need a little uh, R&R, so we left them at home also. But if, you, if you'd like to hear them and all like that, and it'd be a blessing to you, I hope it could be. We did the tape in January, uh, June, and they got it back to us from uh, in uh, if you ever heard of Faith uh, Music Missions in Evansville, Indiana. And we just try to unload them on the road. So if you're interested, go ahead and get see me afterwards, and uh, oh, we'll get you one. Um, what else do I need to say preliminary? Nothing, I guess, will come to me. We'll say more about Germany when I show the slides, though. Okay, Second Chronicle, Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles in chapter 20. I'd like to preach today on the tonight on the road to Berica. The road to Berica. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but Berica means blessing. So the road to blessing. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the word of God. I pray, Lord, you'd speak to us through the word tonight and help us, Lord, to be drawn closer to thee. And just pray your will and way would be had and done tonight. And yet help us, Lord, to do what's right and pleasing in thy sight, because that's what we want to do is please thee. Pray you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit, myself as well as the hearers, that your word would have free course and be glorified. For we ask it in Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Could I have a drink, a cup of water, somebody, anybody? Thank you. The road to to Berica, amen. In chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles, it says, came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. Behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, uh, they came to seek the Lord. So tonight, you know, you say a missionary usually preaches a mission message, and I do often, but if the Lord tells me otherwise, I go ahead and preach what the Lord had me to preach. Uh, but we, I think this would be a help to you tonight about uh, the, the road to blessing, or the, how to uh, be blessed of the Lord, in other words. How are you going to be blessed of the Lord uh, tonight by, in His service? So uh, if you look at the Ammonites here, it says the Am- Ammon, the Moab, and, uh, and also Mount Seir, they're coming up against the, uh, the children of Israel. They were enemies of Israel. And you know, the, Am- the Ammonites were descendants of ben- uh, Ben-Ami, which is Lot's younger son. Lot's younger son. And the Moabites were descendants of Moab, which was Lot's older son. Now, both sons were born from incestuous relationships with Lot's two daughters. You can turn over to Genesis chapter 19, 29 to 38 to read that. Well, I won't go there. Okay, that's two of the enemies. 
And then the Mount Seir was the mountain range in Edom, and they were descendants of Esau, which was Jacob's brother. And Esau is Edom, it says over there in Genesis 25 and verse 30. That name was given to him when he sold his birthright for a mess of pottage. Now, Jacob also tricked him out of his blessing, you know, in Genesis chapter 27. But uh, the, Edom, the Edom was at enmity with Israel. So these were all the uh, enemies of Israel then, you see. And these were the ones that were coming up against them at this time with Jehoshaphat being a king. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. But they were the enemies. Now, Jehoshaphat was one of the five revival kings in the Bible. Jehoshaphat was... He's one of the revival kings in Judah. We had Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Hezekiah, and Josiah were the revival kings. There were no good kings up north, but there was these, there were a few down south, and these were the revival kings. Now, Jehoshaphat was the fourth in the divided kingdom and the second revival king, okay? So, in our verses here, just give, that was just a little background uh, about uh, what we're getting into right now. We're going to try to get down to verse 30 to, uh, as quickly as we possibly can. But to here in verses 1... Uh, through 4, actually 1 through 13, but I stopped reading right there for sake of time, but we're going to go down through here. We see a prayerful seeking of the Lord, okay? Prayerfully seeking the Lord. Now, that's the first thing you're going to have to do uh, if you want the blessing of God upon your life. You're going to have to seek Him, amen? And that's what they did here in, in this chapter here when they had their enemies coming against them. You see, seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. You know how he learned that, how Joshua learned that? Well, he learned it by example of his father. Asa. Look over there in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. In verse 12. It says, And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting, with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Boy, what if we did that today? Boy, if, if you don't seek the Lord, you're going to die. You know, that's what they did back That's what they said back then. They, they had a covenant there. Uh, but uh, they sought the Lord, it says, with all their heart and with all their soul. There in verse 12. And in verse 15 it says, uh, They rejoiced at it because they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with all their whole desire, and he was found of them, and God gave them rest round about. Boy, that's a quite a contrast to the way Christians pray today. The little lay me down to sleep, or little five minutes and off the work we go type of praying. Oh, God's not really pleased with all that. We need to pray as they did here, to seek God. If you really want God to bless you, then you're going to have to learn how to get before Him and get along with God. And to pray. See, because God is, God is uh, pleased when we seek Him. See, we're trying, showing trust in God when we pray. When we seek his face. And you know the Bible says over there. In, um, um, the psalmist said. Well, I just, uh, well let's go to uh, Psalm 57. Psalm 57. I believe it is. Psalm 57. It's a good verse. I'm sorry. Psalm 55. I thought that 57 wasn't right. But Psalm 55. In verse 17, look at that. It says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Evening, morning, noon. And I've heard it said this way, Let prayer be the key to the morning and the bolt of the evening. Amen? Let, key, let prayer be the key to the morning and the bolt of the evening. You don't see anybody else, if possible, until you've seen the face of God. Amen? Until you've been alone with God. You know, we need to really seek God more today. 
Uh, Lord, we're in a, such a, a turmoil in our nation now and things going on and... and uh, Boy, we're just, all kinds of sin is prevalent today. And you see the signs of the time being fulfilled and we're at war and all those types of things. Boy, we need to pray. It's time to tread the path of prayer. Amen. So they, they were seek, seeking the Lord. And back in our, in our text, Second Chronicles, they were in trouble. You see, they had some enemies. And if you're ever, if you're ever going to do something for God, you're going to wind up having some enemies. Hey, you're not worth too much if you don't have a few good enemies. Amen. I don't say go out and slap somebody and make an enemy out of them or nothing like that, but if you're doing right, you're just going to naturally have some enemies. I mean, let's face it, the Lord Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross and he died because they hated him. They hated him. And if you're getting along just wonderful with everybody, you know, we're supposed to be friendly and all like that, but if you don't have any adversity in your life, boy, just everybody loves you, then something's probably not being done quite right. And I'm not saying you should, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying go out and be a nuisance or obnoxious. But, boy, if you're doing something for God, there's always going to be adversity, always. I've never seen it any different in the Bible, unless you're a compromiser, something like that. So, anyhow, we want to serve God, and when we serve God, uh, you're going to find out there's going to be adversity. There's going to be some enemies. But here, in verse 3, they learned that they sought the Lord. They feared, set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaim the fast of all Judah. And Judah gathered himself together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the city of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And that's what they did. So there was unity of purpose in prayer. So not only do we need to pray individually, we need to pray together. We need to unite ourselves in prayer. And that was a blessing tonight, get together as a church and pray, isn't it? It's a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's a godly thing to do. It's a scriptural thing to do. And so they had a united purpose in prayer. And if you look at uh, verse 5, let's keep reading. It says, Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before their new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, thou art, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kings of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gave us it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? So here we have some adoration and exaltation. Amen. I appreciate that brother praying tonight about how just ascribing greatness to God. Well, that's a wonderful thing to do. That's a good way to begin prayer, by the way. Ascribing greatness to God. Adoring Him and exalting Him. Sometimes we just need to come before God and praise Him and adore Him and worship Him. Amen. Just do that. Don't always come just asking things. But, of course, that's, we need to ask God and, and seek Him and, and have Him in our life and have Him uh, uh, in every facet of our, of our life. And yet, we need to come before God in adoration. And then in verse 7 and 8, we see that He calls to remembrance the fact that God gave Israel a land. We just read 7, but let's read 8. And it's, well, let's read 7 again. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. So you see, he, he bringing this remembrance for, for before God that he did this and that he was their God. And don't we need to do that with God? It's not wrong to bring things to God's remembrance. Like, you, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, there's a need there and you come before God and you say, Lord, it says this in your word. And God likes that. That's not being presumptuous. That's faith. He said, Lord, it says this in your word. And won't you do that for us today? And you surely will. If we come in faith asking as a, as a little child, God will do, will do things for His children. Amen? So we need to come with adoration and worship. And we need to remind, sometimes not that God's forgotten, but it's not wrong to remind God what His Word says. He knows. 
You know, by the way, that's the Holy Spirit of God would prompt you to understand what's in that book and bring it up before God. And that's, that's uh, what's part of praying in the Holy Spirit. Talks over there in Jude. But uh, so we cl- and then we can uh, claim the promises of God and, and, uh, and His help and deliverance. Look at over verse 9. It says, If when evil cometh upon us is the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or fam- famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and crying thee in our affliction, then wilt thou hear and help. That's a promise that God put in His word. And boy, we need to realize that and remember that and, and, and bring it before God. See, because He promises to deliver us. He promised that he would. You know, Solomon prayed that prayer over there in 1 Kings chapter 8, 33 and 34. What a great prayer. I love reading that prayer over there, but we won't go over there. But, uh, and he's just bringing that again before God, the promise that he had in his word. And, of course, all the promises of him are yea. Amen? That's what the Bible says. And then in verse 10, uh, in tw- 10 through 12, uh, we see something else. The petition to the Lord to judge their enemies. And also looking to God. So the second thing we need to do, prayerfully seek the Lord. Secondly, we need to keep our eyes on Him. Look at verse 10. It says, And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. That's just where they need to be, too. Amen. We can't do it in our own wisdom. We can't use worldly wisdom. We can't uh, figure it all out on our own. But God certainly knows what to do. And I'm thinking of that situation right now that we're discussing about on the base there and how they, uh, they like to turn you all away and put you off that base. You know, they're enemies of God. And God can turn that thing around. You know that? God can turn that around to the point where you can just walk right on there and preach the gospel. God can do that. I know He can, and I've seen Him do it. So we just need to pray and ask God. You know, when the, when the disciples uh, were, were uh, reproved and so on and beaten, they asked God for boldness to continue to preach the Word. Amen? We ought to obey God rather than men. So we go forward, but we need to, of course, we need to uh, wisely go forward. But God can definitely turn things around to His advantage. Amen? He certainly can. Uh, and over there in Hebrews chapter 12, let's go over there, Hebrews chapter 12, about keeping our eyes. They said, our eyes, our eyes are upon thee. He says, they, they had a great company coming against us. They didn't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And God loves situations like that. You don't you know that? God loves a situation like that where we realize our weakness. We realize that we can't do it. We realize that it's true. He said, without me, you can do nothing. And it, isn't that true? That is true tonight. And we need to realize that. The quicker we get to the point of, of uh, where we realize we, can, we are nothing and can do nothing, the better off we'll be because then God can work and show His mighty power. But over here in Hebrews chapter 12, you know where I'm going, but I'm just uh, fumbling around here. But chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So that's where we need to look to him for everything in our life, no matter what might be. 
when enemies rise up against us, or maybe we face a financial setback, or maybe uh, 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 we have uh, other things like a death in the family or things like this to the war going on, we can look to the Lord and He give us comfort and strength in our time of need. If we've got our eyes on Him. So they have the eye of faith, the eye of expectancy, and the eye of dependency. The eye of faith, the eye of expectancy, and the eye of dependency. And over there in Psalm chapter 121, another great uh, verse I always like to go to and when I need to look to the Lord. Psalm 121. Talking about looking to the Lord and keeping our eyes on Him. Psalm 121. And verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Well, you can't look any better place than that. The God that made all that, and when the God that made all the heaven and the earth, you can look to Him, and He'll help you. He's able to help us, isn't He tonight? He certainly is. So we need to look on the hills from whence cometh our help. Instead of on the circumstance, you know, Peter walked on water until he got his eyes on the waves and the wind representing our circumstances with kind of the, way, the waves and the wind and the dash against uh, the shores of our life from time to time. And we just need to look to the Lord. Amen. Uh, of course, He's always there. We get our eyes on a circumstance. We start to sink and we cry, Lord, help. He's always there to help us. But, you know, He can get us right through it without us starting to sink if we just always keep our eyes on Him. Always keep our eyes on Him. So keep your eyes on the Lord. Prayerfully seek the Lord and then keep your eyes on the Lord. And you got to wait for God to answer. So oftentimes when we pray, we don't wait around for God to give an answer, do we? Oftentimes we just pray and we don't really expect an answer. Well, we need to, by faith, expect God to answer. Look back in uh, chapter 20 of Second Chronicles. So he said, Our eyes are upon thee. In verse 13 it says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They stood before the Lord. They waited on the Lord. They waited on an answer from God. And boy, we don't we need to wait on God for an answer. We need to wait on God. Uh, because God will answer in His time. Of course, God always answers. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and a lot of times it's wait. Amen? But uh, wait on the Lord, and He shall strengthen thine heart, the Bible says. But look over there in, in Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. Just wait on God. Wait on God to do, for an answer. See what He's going to do. Don't get ahead of Him. Don't lag behind Him. Because God's always right on time. Sometimes our human uh, feelings isn't, don't, we don't see it that way. But you know, God isn't uh, constrained by time like we are. He lives in the present. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. So He's not constrained by time. That's why it's very important to wait on Him and let Him take care of things. But in Psalm chapter 27, in verse uh, 13, it said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. I say to the Lord, as we're waiting, we just need to serve Him, amen? Just wait on Him and serve Him. That's the admonition from the Word of God. He said to His disciples over there in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Just watch and pray. Wait on God for an answer. So we prayerfully seek the Lord, and we keep our eyes on Him. We're looking to Him by faith, and we're expecting Him to answer. Therefore, we wait for Him to answer, amen? And He will. And over here, in verse 14, back in our text, it says, In upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. 
And he said, Hearken ye all, Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Boy, we need to remember that when it comes to spiritual warfare. It's not our battle, it's God's battle. And he's, he's, our commander is well able uh, to lay out the plan, and he's well able to fulfill his desire in the warfare. He's well able to do what he wants, amen? So the battle is not yours, but God's. And the prayer is answered there, you see. What it, the, the Spirit of God came upon this man, this, and this was the Jahaziel, Levite, he's a son of Asaph, who was David's chief musician. Isn't that interesting? This man was close to God. And we'll say a little bit more about music here in a minute. But Jahaziel likewise was involved in the ministry of music. The ministry of music. But God chose this man for his spirit, spirit to come upon. And it's, unlike the, some, of the, some of these, uh, these creatures you see out here, you know, you try to go to what they call a, relig- a Christian bookstore, really nothing more than a glorified religious bookstore. And it's kind of scary because they got this boom, 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 stuff on the radio or on the, this, this garbage contemporary music. And, and it's kind of scary when you go over to try to find some music and there's nothing there. Uh, you, just by looking at the, uh, the covers of the things, you know there's nothing there. Some long-haired, creepy-looking thing, and some painted-up Jezebel-looking thing, and they're going to minister to my heart about God? Oh, I don't think so. I'm not going to waste my money on that trash. But the ministers of music, those that sing, have to be separated just like a preacher or anybody does. they got no business to try to minister to things of God if they're not separated in their life. Amen? But uh, here the Spirit of God came upon this man, and he told them what, he, what they said, the battle is not yours but God's. So the Word of God encourages people, giving them strength and courage to stand for what's right. He says, And tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Of course, God had told Joshua, I'll be with thee whithersoever thou goest. And he tells that also in Hebrews, that God will never leave us and forsake us. Amen? And none of our enemies be able to stand before us, because the battle is the Lord's. He goes on to say, he says, you shall not need to fight. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so God gives them some encouragement to stand. See, the Lord be with you. The Lord will be with you all throughout the Bible. And I love that Psalm 23, uh, 4, where it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And those four words have been a blessing to me throughout my Christian life, but thou art with me. Thou art with me. I know God's with me. And when I remember that, I can go through anything. I can go any, anywhere and do anything and go through any adverse circumstance if I remember to keep my eyes on the Lord and, and I remember thou art with me. Amen? I got God with me. And that goes from standing against any enemy of God. I just stand against them, amen. I don't have to worry. They might cut my head off. It doesn't really matter. They're just going to send me on the glory that much sooner. You know, what are they going to threaten you with? Heaven, amen. Let's go. Let's go. So, God encourages us from His Word here, too, for us today. The battle is not ours, amen. The battle is God's. The battle is the Lord's. And he's well able to fulfill his desire upon our enemies. Yes, he is. He's well able to do it. Because he's a wonderful and a great and a mighty God. And the Lord is a man of war, the Bible says. Imagine that. Yes, he is. He's a man of war. And that ought to give us some courage and some strength. 
And then over here in verse 18, if we keep going, they worship God. They got an answer from God, and then they, they gave God worship. It says in verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of, of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Amen. They just worship God. It's worship. Now we got today, we got a, uh, sometimes a, uh, you go down south and they don't think you're worshiping unless you hoot and holler and jump and shout and jump a couple of pews, run around the building a couple of times and fall down on the floor. And if you don't do that, then you're not worshiping God. You ain't right with God. You're not right, excuse me. You're not right with God. I mean, I don't mind somebody shouting a little bit, you know, something like that. That's all right. But a lot of that stuff is just right down, just right in the flesh and brings a glory to man and calls attention to them and distracts from the preaching of the Word of God. Okay? So a, a lot of hullabaloo doesn't necessarily mean you're worshiping God. Here, the first thing they did was they fell on their face before God. Of course, they, a lot of folks say, well, you know, heaven's, you're going to not be at home in heaven because it's going to be noisy up there. I don't think it's always going to be noisy. It does say you're going to shout and praise and all. I realize that. But, you know, down, we're down here now. I don't trust a lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm good in a lot of churches. And I see a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of stuff is all it is. It really is. Now, I believe people love God and all that. And all like that. But, you know, I get, you, kind of, you sit there and you feel like you're, a lot of times you're getting chastised. I'm from a Yankee land and Yankees don't do it that way, man. I mean, just somebody can just sit there and praise God just by sitting here and, amen. You know, I know plenty of people just nod their head. I like to hear an amen too. And I like to say amen, but I'm not going to tell him he doesn't love God or worship God because he, you know. I, I just don't think you can say, it, you know, not making a bunch of noise. I mean, I've heard some stuff. I've heard people yell, women yell, and, like, and the hair on my head raises up. I thought somebody got murdered in back of me or something like that. You know, I don't think that's of God. I, I just totally distract it, and I, I'm like, good night. What's going on back there? So anyway... <laughs> Anyhow, I won't, I'll, I'll stop right there, but anyhow, it doesn't mean, just because you're doing all that show, it doesn't mean you're worshiping God. Uh, but let's move on. We do need to worship God. You know, we've lost the worship of God today, the art of worship, just really just standing in awe before God. It says over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 29, to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Amen. In the beauty of holiness. You know, I think that same guy that just jumped 15 pews and yelled and screamed, probably go out, go out back and smoke a cigarette. You know, some of them down in North Carolina, they smoke. They smoke right there. So, anyhow, <laughs> I better get off that. I wasn't going to go. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, <laughs> anyhow, let's see. We're worshiping God. He said over there in Psalm 4, 4, stand in awe and sin not. Amen. Stand in awe and sin not. So we need to worship the Lord. That's what they did. And when they prayed and they sought the Lord and He was found to them, you know, they saw Him with their whole heart and all like that. And God was pleased to answer their, their request. They kept their eyes on Him and waited for an answer. Amen. 
And they remembered He's always with them. They realized God was with them. And they worshipped Him when, they, when it came, when, the time, when He gave His answer there. And they would, He would go with them. And so they worshipped God. Now let's go on to verse 20. He says, And they rose early in the morning. Good time to get up and go and get with God as early in the morning. Amen. Get right at it. And he went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye in heaven Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. We just need to believe the word of God. We got the inspired word of God, amen, believe it. We got the King James Version of the Bible, the holy and errant inspired word of God. Let's just believe it. That's God's word. We got God's word on it. And so he was saying, believe the Lord your God and believe his prophets. They're the ones that God spoke to. Well, now we got the word of God. It's all there, amen? All 66 books. We don't need any more revelations. We don't need these uh, apostate, apostolics running around telling us they're, they're, they're from God. Because they're not from God. They're from the pit of hell, if anywhere. But uh, we got the word of God. We can fully trust it. And you'll prosper if you, if you trust God. You'll have success in your life if you believe God's word and practice it. Don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. And go, let's go on and read through here. They got an exhortation. The king exhorts the people to trust in God, which we just read. In verse 21, let's go on. It said, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. They went out before the army and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Isn't that something? What would you do if your, if your armies went out singing, amen? Today, here in the United States Army, went out singing. Of course, they do that cadence, all that, when they march. I, I like that kind of stuff. It sounds kind of neat. You've got walking together and all that, as long as you keep it clean and all like that. But, uh, but uh, I knew one guy was in the army. He'd, he'd, he'd have him doing cadence about God being glory and the blood of Christ and all that. That was so neat. <laughs> Here's these guys marching along. Jesus is the Lord our God. And all <laughs> said, hey, man, go for it. I mean, he was the one leading them. Well, that was pretty bold of him. There they are, shouting it out. Shout out a little bit louder. And all, you know, good. Nice. I like that. I'd get some of that going on the base. Hey, man, but they went out singing. He appointed people singing. So he exhorts them to trust God, and they went out singing. So, you know, we need to just follow God's instructions. We need to follow God's instructions. You know, you don't want to do the will of God. You've got to determine you're going to do it when God shows you what it is. Amen? If you're seeking His face, you've got to determine in your heart that you're going to submit and obey whatever God shows you to do. And so this is what God told him to do. And Jehoshaphat led the Lord. He says that he appointed these singers to go out before the army to sing praise unto the Lord. And so we do well to believe God's promise in times of trouble. And we should allow a God's word free course in our lives. And he will establish us and prosper us. And we'll be singing the praises of God before it's all over. Amen. We certainly will. So, in verse 21, he says, when he had consulted, verse 22, excuse me. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said ambushments. Uh, they said ambushments. That's a person hiding for an attack. So they set up ambushments. But God did this, okay? This is what God did for them. The Lord set up ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah. And they were smitten for the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, against the inhabitants of for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. When they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. So they fought each other. See, God moved in them uh, to get them against one another. So, amen. The Word of God is so powerful here in these people's lives. And you know what happened? 
They had their eyes on the Lord, and they sought the Lord. They had their eyes on Him. They believed His Word. They waited on God, and God went before them. They knew God was with them. And Joshua appointed these singers. They went out singing. But uh, this encouraged the soldiers, and no doubt confounded the enemy a little bit, and enlisted God's help and mercy. It certainly did. Do you ever notice how good godly music helps and strengthens you? Whereas that garbage stuff doesn't do a thing for you? I know Pastor and I asked him to turn that thing down in the restaurant. I appreciate that. You know, sometimes you go, they got the music designed, you know, like you go shopping. They got that upbeat stuff, you know, to get you going and, and buying all kinds of stuff or whatever, you know, get you all, they, they try to get you motivated there to buy stuff or whatever. But I hate, you know, I hate that rock and roll stuff, and I'm sure you do. We need to hate it. It's the world's music. But there's no difference with the Christian, so-called Christian rock. Not Christian rock. I mean, it might as well be Christian Budweiser. you got Christian rock. No such thing, is there? Christian beer. Uh, go smoke a Christian joint, you know. There's no such thing as Christian rock. It's the devil's rock, amen? So we don't need to be letting uh, Amy Grant or Michael W. Smith and them reprobates uh, 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 sing, uh, amen, sing to us. Just drag us down. It won't help us at all. But this would, this, we need to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's got to be some good subject matter to the songs. That was, their, that was the subject matter of their songs, to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. They went out singing the praises of the Lord. This is of the worship, true worship. So they worship the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. It's how we ought to worship. And they praise the Lord, which is to ascribe greatness to Him for His person, His power, and His salvation. This is what they were doing. And His mercy endureth forever. There's enough material right here in the Word of God to, to have good godly music. Amen. Some praise to the Lord our God for all His wonderful attributes. So the music plays a very important role in the church today. And I'm seeing a couple areas where Satan's got in and otherwise independent Baptist churches. One of them is their, their children's program. A lot of people compromise in there. To get kids in, and their youth, let's say our youth programs, you know, it's not wrong to do stuff with youth, but something, you know, if you win them with food, fun, and fellowship, that's the only way you're going to keep them, is with food, fun, and fellowship. But if you draw them with the Word of God, amen, you're going to get some good strength in them kids to live for God through the Word of God. But to also in the music, when pastors compromise and capitulate to the crowd, uh, to get a crowd, they do it with the music. And what an awful thing it is. There's some real noise out there. There's, real, there's some, some garbage out there. So music plays an important role. Christian gospel music should magnify, exalt, and glorify God Almighty, as well as edify the saints. It helps us to realize a spirit-filled life. Do you know that? Music plays an important part in that. Whereas that other stuff, that contemporary stuff of the world today, is going to drag you down, keep you away from God. It's, it's for the flesh. It gets the flesh all whipped up. And it glorifies, glories, glories in man instead of in God. But look over there in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll try to move along quickly and wrap it up here. But in Ephesians chapter 5, good godly music is essential. In a life of a Christian, it helps, it really, it opens up the heart to receive the word of God. I know when I go places and I hear some, some junk, it grieves the spirit in me. And then i got to get up and, and, and preach, you know, preach the devil out. But uh, speaking to yourselves, it says in verse 18, Ephesians chapter 5, And be not drunk with wine, when his excess be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing in melody, singing 
and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So music's important. There's no doubt about it. But it should have a, a strong melody and godly words. Strong melody and godly words shouldn't have that upbeat tempo and all that kind of junk. All the drums and all that other thing today is just right out of hell. Stay away from it. But over here in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 says this. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in song and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, and making, uh, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So let's keep our music godly, shall we? Keep it uh, centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll reap a blessing from it, amen? And back to our text. And so they went out singing, singing the high praises of God, and God set up some ambushments against their enemies, amen? Boy, what a wonderful time when you go in to work singing the praises of God. You know, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And singing the praises of God, and what a wonderful thing. You know, that kind of, uh, kind of disarms the enemy of the God. It really does. But when you, when, when, they, when you sing the praise of God and you're happy in the Lord and God's with you, what a blessing that is. But let's go on down through here. So God set up ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which were coming against Judah, and they were smitten. And it goes on to say how they destroyed one another. And verse 24 says, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves. But when they could carry it away, and they were three days in gathering the spoil, it was so much. God just blessed them for doing what was right. And God will bless you for doing what's right. When they put their prayers, their feet to their prayers, God gave the victory. So active faith will always receive the blessings of God. Active faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith that's over there in 1 John 4, verse uh, 26, I believe it is. So when God is glorified in Christ-honoring songs of praise to God, the devil flees for cover, amen? Those songs about the blood, I appreciate that tonight, about the blood. And I always like about the purification power of the blood in our lives, and God cleanses us, amen? So God's glorified. It says over there in 1 John 4, 4, A year of God, little children have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what the Bible, and a part of that is the, uh, the, the glorification of God through godly music. The devil hates it. He does. But there's not a whole lot he can do with a victorious Christian. That's joyful in the Lord and praising God. Amen. But in, it goes on to say, uh, they took all that spoil in verse 26. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Berica. And that's where I got the road to Berica, okay? Right here in our, in our text. The Berica, which means blessing, for they blessed, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of Berica unto this day. Okay, they were able to bless the Lord because God had blessed them. So it is the, uh, the road to Berica, the road to blessing. You want to have God blessing on your life. We kind of we got a kind of a prescription here. We went through and looked at the verses and all like that. But it works, Amen. When we submit ourselves to God, and it says in verse uh, twenty-seven, then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. Boy, they were happy in the Lord because of what the Lord had done. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and hearts and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on the kingdom of those countries when they had heard the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for as God gave him rest round about. Amen? And that concludes the chapter. 
So the road to Barakah is the prayerful seeking of the Lord. You keep your eyes fastened right on Him, amen? Trust in Him. And waiting on Him to guide you. And remember, He's always with you. Boy, those, just thou art with me. Boy, that's powerful right there. That'll get you through any day. Knowing God's with you. And follow His instructions. Trust, submit, and obey.